Welcome to the Luminous Podcast. I'm Father Chad Jarnigan, Rector of Luminous Parish. Glad you're back. This is a special episode. We're just going to call it Resting and Listening. It's a good time heading into Advent and the holiday season. Special thanks to our friends with the Radio Conservatory. The music playing. This piece is called Crest. New album just dropped a couple weeks ago. Go check that out. It's wonderful. You know, this time of the year, it's the beginning of November. And many of us are looking at our schedules beginning to clutter. For the holidays. Before we get too far into the season, well, this will be a really good time to remind us of how important it is to fight for some margin in our life. Hopefully, this will be a helpful piece. You know, today I heard the wind. It was as though it was saying something. You know, I've never seen the wind, only its effects. If faith is the evidence of things unseen, maybe the wind is speaking a language we can only understand in the silence and stillness. Many times when I have meetings outside of the office or somewhere around town, you know, I meet one of my favorite coffee spots. In between some of the meetings, I may have a few moments of waiting before the next. And during that time, you wouldn't believe how obvious it is, how we love to hear ourselves talk. Everyone around is jumping over one another's words and phrases. Listening isn't really a part of our posture. We are hearing and listening to form a response. So we've already checked out of most of our conversations and we're waiting to respond. I hear this in these times, just in these cluttered rooms of Busyness and buzz and hustle, and quite frankly, it's exhausting. So I'm grateful for headphones on occasion. So this is just a simple reminder. And in hearing someone speak, we will hear what is said and what isn't said. Maybe calming our agenda, an opportunity to speak may just give us actual comprehension of what is being communicated. Listening to listen. 
to understand more than to be understood. As St. Augustine says, Some steps that may be helpful for a posturing of listening. Take some deep breaths before beginning. Clear your mind so that we have a conversation space. Don't feel like you have to get a certain response or a comment. Put our mobile devices away, or at least turn them over. I know we're all looking for the next thing or the next photo op or the next comment or the next slew of likes. But honestly, checking your phone while you're meeting with someone, no matter your relationship, is quite rude. Cynicism is tiring. I think we can all agree on that. Whether we find ourselves deep, deeply entrenched in it or not. But what if we tried to talk less and listen more? Maybe we can fear less and hope more. Maybe we could actually do less, breathe more. On a personal level, setting a posture for listening means we need to change our environments to be conducive to listening. Lessen the noise, don't always have some kind of happenings around us, and most of the time, We can find ourselves with a television on in the background or music playing or just something noisy happening. Once upon a time, we would answer the question, how are you doing with fine? As we didn't really want to burden people with a true authentic response. But today... Answers is pretty much overwhelmingly, how are you doing? Oh man, busy. Maybe that's a real answer, but now it tends to be a default. But busy doesn't really describe how we are doing, it describes what we are doing. I wouldn't argue that we think that we are all very busy, nor would I actually deny that we truly are. But what is it about us today that finds ourselves without margin, where seven-year-olds are over-committed, I'm wondering, does society project guilt toward the thought and act of slowing down? Here in the West, I know we can tend to do that. But this will erode us from the inside out when it becomes our reality. Do we wear our clutter and activity like an award that we have won? 
Maybe we are hoping for a moment of peace or stillness or even meaning. If we're honest, many of our church activities are more about the activity of doing something rather than being or an environment of stillness, meditation, learning, or even communion. No, being very busy should never be a badge of honor. After a certain amount of time, a state of being isn't how we are doing. It is who we are. If and when our activity level defines who we are, our true selves and humanity begins to become diminished. So how do we move ahead? If this is our reality, what are some ways that we can slow down and establish margin and savor the life that we have been given, especially in these times of going into November and looking at Thanksgiving and everything else that goes along with the Christmas season? See, every day introduces new ideas, new ways of doing things and new challenges. Some of us tend to thrive during these days due to the amount of channels and mediums and social implications of being a creative. For years, I pursued this dangling artist carrot. I thought that if I could introduce the most radical out-of-the-box idea or execute the most outlandish creative moment, then I would receive some form of an award or maybe just cool points for something. When I joined a church staff, everything began to change. Everyone puts different levels of values on creativity. And many, many times I found myself marginalized. I was the token Bono on Sundays, bringing a good idea to the table here and there and performing and executing the right song at the right time with the right crescendo. It didn't take me long to sense that God had me where he wanted me, doing what I was made to do and vulnerable to learn more of what it was to be complete. And these times and spaces of doing and overdoing and achieving and overachieving, I found myself more and more in need of a holy space to just be who I was meant to be 
space to meditate, read, contemplate, and be refueled and encouraged to move forward. Once I had one say, I had someone say to me, Chad, you might want to stop trying so hard and just be who you were created to be, not who you think others want you to be. That pierced me on levels that I am continuing to feel deeply. It gave me permission to embrace how I was wired. It gave me permission to recalibrate my hopes and dreams and ambitions. I find it interesting that Christ speaks of peace more than 400 times recorded in Scripture. It was his greeting, it was his salutations. And we probably struggle to find pace setters in our life, places that enable a slowing to listen and rest. Ralph Emerson said, Adopt the pace of nature. Her secret is patience. Over the last decade or so, I began to really resonate with words of Wendell Berry, which only reiterates the works of Thomas Merton. And what happens in that communion when you're out in nature, going on a hike or walking in the park? It slows our pace of life. It allows us to be more aware of things around us, circumstances, as well as people. It's beautiful therapy. Several years ago, I slowly began to notice specific moments and events that would linger in my memory. These memories were typically found around a table, a kitchen island, or a fire pit. New and old friends, savoring food and beverages, conversations. The word companion leads us to the table, originating from the Latin um, companion, meaning bread fellow. Someone we break bread with. Mary Douglas, a structural anthropologist, imagines social situations as ever-decreasing circles which each enclose 
greater familiarity, we each have concentric circles of intimacy. Who we share our table with also influences what we have as a part of a meal. It influences our conversations and ultimately the way we live. Over the next few weeks, we'll do part two. And I hope that this just helps us process the need for space that enables rest and listening. God's peace.